What's up, everybody? We're here with the after show, the the blast, the blast the after blast the blast. Zone. Welcome to the blast zone. I'm Jeff Gersman. That's Ben Pack over there. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I realized you were saying hi to me, uh huh. But I was just like, oh, that's my camera cue to 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 switch exactly. to me and, and then say be like, hi, Hello. but not actually respond and say yeah. hi. Yeah, no, it's 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 something warm. Don't just not just the mechanical. Hello, I'm doing great. All right, back to you. Yeah, actually, give me that. That's that's I'd rather have. Okay, <clears throat> throw, throw it to me. Okay, and in the producer chair, it's Ben Pack. Ben Pack, how you doing? Oh, hi, Jeff. I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. We've got room for your questions right here, right now. Uh, kind of a big week with the Meverse closing. The, the biggest story for sure. Um, but also the Xbox One X is out. That's another thing yeah. that happened. Need for Speed, like we're you know that's we're getting to that point in the year where there's not a lot left, so you can start kind of talking about end of the year stuff, I guess. So do you get the impression that this is something I wanted to ask her in the bombcast, but I didn't ask then? I, I just kind of slipped my mind. Mm-hmm. If you had the choice between PS4 Pro and Xbox One X, is it just strictly a case by case basis, or do you think one is generally going to be like? I think it, you know, the the Xbox One X is more powerful, as far as I can tell. So it depends on what type of games you want to play. And I, I got into this on Twitter a little bit last week. Uh, you know, it just comes down to like, hey, like the Xbox One is still kind of the one major platform uh, of in its power band that, that doesn't play near. Okay. So, you know, you would be buying a device that wouldn't be able to play Nier in a year when Nier is a pretty important game. Nier's a good game. Um, you know, and, and some people be like, oh, well, what about Cuphead? Well, Cuphead's on the PC. Yeah. You know, Cuphead is on two of and the it's three it's very low impact choices. on the PC. It runs really yeah. well on my laptop. Um, and so I, I think it's, a, it's an incredibly confusing situation that is going to come down to personal choices around... Uh, the types of systems your friends own, if you'd like to play multiplayer games, the types of games you like to play, do you have a 4K TV? Like The number one question I get is like, should I buy an Xbox One X? And the answer is, I don't know. Uh, because I think that that comes down to so many personal choices about how you like to play games um, that it, it just can't be a one-size-fits-all answer. We're not, it's just not how this stuff works anymore. Um, and of course, you know, then you, you add the Switch to the mix and you've got a whole different thing too. Um, in terms of just like available games and all that sort of stuff, right? So it's uh it's a mess, and we'll we'll show some of that uh, thing off. We're gonna stream some of it tomorrow, and uh, you know, hopefully that'll kind of help answer a few questions. I think the hopefully the, the discussion on the podcast kind of helps some people out too. Hopefully, um, and yeah, with that, I've got some questions here. Um, uh, but also, yeah, we I posted if you're in the chat right now. Uh, our Discord account name is there. You can add it as a friend and then send a question to it. And if, if Ben sees it and it's well-written and not uh, not bad, he'll give you a call back. And, or something that we, we've talked yeah. in depth about before. Uh, right. Also, of course. Um, for sure. We do get those good questions, but it's just like, well, we talked about that yes. last week. Absolutely. So... Uh, so yes, but in the meantime, uh, if you're in the chat and you've sent a text question to the, the ask a question button at the top there, um, we've got, uh, let's see here. Uh, as your Gale says, any plans to check out the Hitman game of the year content? I don't know. Yeah, I'll, uh, 
I'll probably look at it. I don't know. I didn't necessarily like there are still challenges and things in in just core Hitman that I didn't get done. So, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to return to it and kind of see some of the changes they've made. Um, But at the same time, there's still a lot for me to do in that game. I still definitely have it installed everywhere. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I probably will give it a look at some point, but but I don't know. Had a couple of people separately asking about the Horizon DLC, which is out today. Um, we'll post something on the side at some point, but I personally like I. It's really hard for me to go back to story based DLC for single player games once I've finished the story. I think the lone case is where it's if the DLC is kind of like set at the end or after the events of the story, and I might go back and look at it. But I this. I don't know. I liked Horizon plenty, but I, it's not like the. I, I don't necessarily need like another bite-sized chunk of it. I either want like a, a big, satisfying clump of story, um, you know, or like a full-fledged sequel or something. At, at that point, I don't know. Um, let's see here. why did it take so long for windows to create a storefront on PC? Has that ship sailed now that steam and GOG, et cetera, have solidified? No, I, I think that, um, you know, they tried, they had a games for windows marketplace before they had a storefront built right into windows. And I think that that's something that, you know, remember that like windows was getting busted up by antitrust stuff where they had to like have specific versions in the EU that didn't come with a browser. And so it, you know, if they had come trucking in on the heels of that with like, now you can just buy stuff straight from us, straight out of Windows. I think that it would have been a problem for them. So I think that that led to them being a little behind on some of that stuff. Um, and then, you know, like phones came out and changed the way that we think of, like, how you acquire apps and stuff for a device. And I think that made it a little more acceptable for Microsoft to have that stuff built right into Windows. Um, but it still doesn't seem like a great experience. Um, I mean, whatever. The stuff installs, it runs, like, you know. Um, you can, the Xbox app can kind of be a steam stand in, in some sense for, for those games, but it's not quite as smooth as maybe steam is, but also, you know, at this point I've spent so many hours in steam that of course it feels like second nature. Like it's, it's just kind of how it goes. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the two programs on my computer that auto boots. What's the other one? Uh, (laughs) level later. (laughs) Don't know why, but sure. Just never know where you need to level some fucking audio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. I figured it would be, you know, AOL Instant Messenger or something oh, nice like that. No, it's it's boring. Yeah. I don't have anything auto-launch anymore. Um, That's smart. At least in terms of like, you know, there's plenty of services and background stuff that... Sure, up, updates and then yeah, like, I mean, security I, you know, stuff. I, I need to make sure that my keyboard is glowing the right color. Yes. So that thing has to start up. Um, but, you know. Um, how are you doing on questions over there? Uh, we've got quite a few good ones. None of them exactly on topic, but uh, okay. that's that's fine. You, you want to take something? The, ultimately, we're just conduits for what you want to talk about. So if you got other topics, then then hey. Okay, well, I'm going to start a voice call here with somebody who has a question for me and most importantly, Hello. you, Jeff. Okay. Hello. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, uh, this is Andrew from New York. Hey, Andrew. What's uh, What's on your mind this week? Well, uh, so with PUBG tearing up the charts, uh, you know, it's yet another of uh, an indie game that people are like, oh, every major publisher is going to copy this. Um, But we've never seen uh, a AAA roguelike. Um, 
So I, I'm curious why people still think that this is going to be a trend that, you know, like everybody picks up. Right. I, I think, you know, the the main difference is that you can monetize around the edges of a battle royale game very easily uh, with it being this kind of big multiplayer thing. So, you know, not only are they selling 20 million copies, but also they've got the whole Steam Marketplace stuff jumping off for them. And and I think that that creates another like a, a reason for uh, developers to look at it and go like, huh, maybe we should get in on this. Um, whereas like, yeah, I, the, I look at go ahead. I, I look at like uh, um, Binding of Isaac. There are tons of items that you can just drop into it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there have been expansions. I, I don't know. It seems like the kind of thing that you'd really be easily able to expand with microtransactions, you know? Right. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I, I wonder if it is, if at some point it becomes a factor of like the overall sales of some of these uh, roguelites and, and stuff like that, if any of them are hitting a mass market in a way that, in the same way the Battlegrounds is, um, to the point where you look at it and, and you see an, an opportunity, right? You know, if, if, you know, what's Binding of Isaac selling? Is it 10, 10 million is probably a lot. There's too, too much. If you combine all the versions, right? It's probably more like three, five. I actually have no idea. Um, that's not 20, you know, at, at the end of the day, if you look at that and go like, Hey, and, and also like Fortnite is also, I think up around 20 million. They're, they're a different beast because it's free to play. But if you look at that and go like, we've got bare minimum, if, if all those players duplicated, We've got a player base of 20 million to try to pull from, plus the number of people that will come to this style of game when it when when Battlegrounds is released on Xbox or just kind of as it continues to grow and spread and become more mainstream. I think at some point, you, you know, if you're betting with your money on what you're going to develop, you probably look at that and go, there's much more potential for an upside on this one. If we strike it big, we'll be rich forever. If we make the biggest roguelike of all time, we'll be doing fine, but we'll still have to make another game after that. that that's my guess, but, but you know, that's, yeah, that's my guess. Cool. Thanks. Cool. All right. Yeah. Thanks for your call. Bye. Um, let's see here. That's my new thing. I'm going to say bye now before I hang up on them. I like that. Unless it's like in so the middle of your new catchphrase? We're going to do t-shirts? Yeah. It's going to say bye on the front. Uh-huh. And it's going to say... Oh shit! It's gonna say good on the front, uh-huh. and then it's gonna say bye on the back. Mm-hmm. And it's good because people who see me from behind will get the message that you're leaving. And it's like if somebody's walking towards me down the street, they see good, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, what's on the back?" And they turn around and they say bye, and they've or, I've already left them. And yeah, so it's just like you're, you're moving forward, and their they're mind like, is blown. Yeah. So look out for those. Yeah. <laughs> coming to pretty much every they're going into hot topics next week yeah right next to all the bullet club shirts um let's see here uh, davo 42 says with the end of the year coming up are there any games you may have missed during the year that you plan on touching i am still touching on near here and there um i would like to play more pyre yeah um, me too yeah I, I i didn't play a ton of pyre at release so i, I have some time on that one it was one of those ones where i liked it but then i just was like overwhelmed by so many other games and i knew i could knock it out in like two sessions three sessions yeah i kind of meant to play uh night in the woods at some point and i played through the first half really yeah. enjoying that mm. really like it and uh and, and i so i haven't really seen any of that um yeah those are probably the those are the first ones that come to mind um 
there are probably a few more, but you know, there are other games that like other people like have played a lot of and multiple people can kind of vouch for them one way or the other. I don't think any one person can play anything. So, um, at some point, you know, we, we trust in each other when it comes to this stuff. That's, that's a part of it. So, so yeah, I want to hear this call. Um, I want to hear this one real bad. Uh, this one, we're going to keep them anonymous. We're not going to say their name. Okay. Also. All right. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm not going to ask you what your name is or where you're calling from, but but go ahead and and what do you got? Hey, so yeah, I um I work at a major MMO publisher. And I'm a GM and I do customer service things. You know, if you lose an item or if you have a problem with Quest, you call me up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I just want to talk about, you know, with all the talk of loot crates and various items that people are trying to get their hands on in games, virtual items. I want to talk about basically all the weird extent that people will go to, to get free items out of us. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, we'll, we have, we do have the power to grant any item in the game, but of course we can't use that or else we'll lose our jobs. Of course. Um, and so I, I guess the point, the more, the interesting point that I want to make here is that we have a procedure, like a written procedure that we have to follow if someone declares that they like want to kill themselves, if we don't give them an item. Yep. Um, and so basically if someone writes in, they're like, Hey, give me this item or else. Um, we go through this list where we're like checking to make sure all their data on their account is right. And eventually we like have to ask them like, Hey, are you sure you want to say that to us? Like, are you sure you want to make this declaration? Right. Um, and if they come back, you know, more, most of the time they're like, oh, you know, no, I was just kidding. I, I want the item, whatever. Um, but if they come back and they say, yeah, no, I'm serious. If you don't give me this item, I'll do something bad. We pull up their account info and we call the cops on them. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we we've had a few cases where we'll we'll get a ticket and um, people will look over the info and we'll send it off to a, a higher up in the office to take care of it. But it'll. um It'll, you know, wreck someone's day if they get a ticket like that and they have to call yeah. the cops on a, a, a customer, you know? Right. Yeah, that's, um, yes, if you've been in, also in the, in the forum moderation business for any chunk of time, uh, you, you definitely see some of that stuff to the point where you have to develop protocols and, and processes for what you do when someone crosses that line and, and w- at what point do you notify the authorities and what do you tell them in the meanwhile and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, it's... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's really it, it's the sort of thing you never thought you would have to develop until suddenly you're developing the process for like, OK, so what's the right thing to do when someone crosses this line with us? What do we then do? Like, how yeah, do we for sure? You know, it's, it's a responsibility you don't expect to have going into that job. You know, I expect it to be granting swords and, you know, yeah. telling people that a boss is not bugged. Um, right. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's it's just a an interesting dynamic to it, and of course you get threats against your own self mm-hmm. uh, as well. Um, a lot of very creative ways of telling me that I am a terrible person for not getting free items. Well, um, I mean, I just wanted look, I just needed a better sword. Like you are a terrible yeah, person. How, like, I, how, how am I going to not... get through this dungeon? Yeah, that's true. Um, this uh, is on we, you, we do not have me. A policy called "Please try to get better." <laughs> um, no, we don't. Um, but yeah, it's. It, it, most problems that get written into a GM helpline 
are either things that they're just missing or things that are completely out of our control, you know? Right. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm sure unless it's less like a, a known bug and then you're like, okay, I can, I can unstuck right. you and then you can keep playing or whatever. Yeah. For sure. And you know, I, uh, I guess a, a lot of episodes back, you guys talked about the whole concept of known will ship or known won't fix oh, right. when it comes yeah. to bugs. And we have a huge bug list and, you know, a lot of bugs are of that state and people will have these bugs on a day-to-day basis and we just have to shrug our shoulders and deflect, you know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's, you know, these, you, you really don't realize how complex an MMO is until you are behind the curtain. Like it's, it's one thing for a customer perspective, but completely changes when you can see the inner workings of it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, we, we, we also had to work up a process for threats and all that other stuff too. Like it's, yeah, it's, uh you never expect that that's going to be part of the job until suddenly like, Oh, this actually, of, of course it is because look at, <laughs> look at everything. Like, of course it's going to be this. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. yeah it's, it's amazing what an audience can do anyway. Thanks for uh, yeah, having me on. Yeah. Swords. Uh, they're in the mail. Great. Uh, just, yep. I'm looking, okay. I'm looking forward so to these much. new swords. Yeah. Thanks. A lot of good swords. <laughs> yeah. Coming your Great way. swords. Thanks for your call. Thanks. Right. Bye. See you guys later. Um, not gonna lie, a little darker than he made it seem like mm. it was going in, in the initial setup, but fascinating nonetheless. Yeah, totally. Like that's uh, yeah, literally. Um, I have been in meetings about that exact topic. It's um, about about what you do and stuff gets stuff. serious, yeah. and people need to be prepared for the worst. It's yeah, it's definitely. a bummer, but yeah, but it's it's uh, it's the human element of all this. Uh, I've got a question over here from a Brinty. Who says there was an article recently about how the Switch's success caught a lot of Japanese devs flat-footed because they were expecting it to be another Wii U? Do you think that's going to make the thing seem weaker as those take time to hit? Um, yeah, I mean, well, if you think about it, like the the console generation that we're in right now started pretty similarly, where you know even developers like you know EA and stuff like that were not necessarily one hundred percent sold on you know, the Xbox one and PlayStation four, uh, it wasn't until this thing started selling that it was, that's, that's why you saw all those reboots and remasters and all the other stuff. The switch, you know, if it is going through that same type thing, the switch is being buoyed by, uh, a lot of indie content the same way the PS4 was. Um, and yeah. you know, some, some ports and stuff like that, the same way you saw ports up from 360 to PS4, you know, we'll see stuff like doom that are like ports down from PS4 to the switch. Um, doom's out like next week. Yeah. It's weird. I, when Skyrim, uh, not too far December, off early December. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't actually know. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's, uh, yeah, if, if that is, if that is the case and now that I think about it, like, yeah, there's, there's stuff that's out in Japan, but it's maybe not, you know, some of the, the kind of major players of, of Japanese development might not be represented though. I mean, JB Herald murder club is available on the switch in the Japanese eShop. So, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's totally fine. You know, no problems with Japanese development on the Switch. It's all right there, right there. In the, just join the murder club, and it's right there for you. Um, Neo Helby says, with Phil Spencer saying they're looking to acquire first-party studios, do you think Microsoft regrets closing FASA Studios? Uh, regret is probably a strong. I'm sure they regret having to close any studio because they realize that there's probably going to be some talent that that studio could perform but it's the reality of the time, right? Where they're like, okay, well, this is this is a move we kind of have to make right now, or it's the right move right now. And yeah, maybe six weeks later, we'll stumble onto some new money and be back in acquisition mode. Like it's the cycles of business at some point. You wish it could be more responsible in a way that doesn't lead to people losing their job and all that other stuff. But 
uh, there's only so much you can do on that front. So it's uh, maybe they maybe they regret it from sometimes. You know, like those those faster games were were popular, but you know, it's kind of how it goes. What you got down there? Uh, you want to hear about World of Warcraft? I thought we just did. Oh no! Is this, okay, this all right. Is, this, this is uh, this is a, a Warcraft player with some thoughts. All right, about Warcraft players with some thought. I love thoughts. Thoughts about where we're going. Oh, and where World World of Warcraft is going. All right. Hello, hello. hello. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, I am Christian. I'm calling from Denmark. Hey, Christian. Uh, what's what's on your World of Warcraft mind these days? Well. You often talk about how you can compare a game like Destiny 2 to like World of Warcraft because it's like it's a different thing. It's not on the same like pay model, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, like current World of Warcraft is actually very similar to Destiny in the way like the game is played. It's basically all like cues for group finding and stuff like that, and right. the whole like uh, like the server community thing is pretty much gone which is why people are so excited for like classic world of warcraft oh yeah because like if you go into the world now in the world of warcraft <laughs> you like you don't really see people from your own server anymore you don't know the guild names it's it's going to be like character name and then it says some server you've like never heard of before right so that whole aspect is pretty much gone so you you're pretty like if you log in now outside of like being in a guild you just open up a menu, click, I want to find a group for this. Then you wait, then you find a group. You've never seen these people before. You do the content, you get some loot, and you're done. So yeah, like outside wow. of scheduled raiding and that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. There's like no community anymore. Yeah, I guess, yeah, because, you know, like I said, when I, I, I played and stopped probably around the release of the first expansion, so there was none of that stuff. Like, you know, like I, I played on Nerzul and Nerzul had its, its people and its stuff and and it did have something of a community, even if I even I was never chatting because I didn't want to talk to World of Warcraft players. Am I right? No, um, it's <laughs> yeah, well, I'm an asshole. Uh, yeah, it, it's yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess like yeah, when they started doing all that cross server group finding and all that stuff, I, yeah, I could see why that would that would kind of rip some of that stuff apart. Can you have cross server guilds then too, or guilds the one thing no, that kind of locked that, in an area? That's like the the one aspect that's still intact. That okay. you can't have like people in your guild from different servers hmm. but as i said that's the only like community thing that's left so right. i like i i don't even know why you would play world of warcraft right now if you weren't in a guild like i, I am in a guild that's like we're on discord mm-hmm. doing stuff like imagine playing destiny but you don't have like anyone to play with at all you're entirely reliant on like finding people in the game to do strikes right yeah that's I mean, yeah, that, that that's basically World of Warcraft right now. Yeah, that's weird. So so then, are you excited about this classic thing? Do you think that that could kind of recapture some of that, or do you think that they'll just keep stay with the convenience of of the group finder? Uh well, they've confirmed there's going to be no okay like are, few are. group finder. They they have like a separate thing where you can you can basically like list your group and then invite people manually. Ah, okay. But that's that's basically just like to clean out the. Uh, it all used to happen in chat right and that was kind of shit yep so yeah finding groups in chat i mean they they have a separate channel for it and you would just go in the lfg and see people yelling about yeah stuff you had no interest in yeah yeah stuff was always a hassle so so they have like a a thing for that now but there's going to be no like queue system uh 
you have to run to the dungeons again. That's also <laughs> like gone from the current game. Right. Yeah. So those like half an hour treks across the entire fucking continent. Yeah. We're just like, make sure you run right. Don't don't pull any mobs on the way there because we just don't have time to stop. Exactly. Uh, oh, man. So like That's... it's it's gonna be really interesting to see how the like the people who played vanilla or whatever uh like if they just release vanilla as it was yeah they're gonna be very excited and like happy right but everyone who came to the game like post tbc like the burning crusade mm-hmm. they're gonna be they're like, gonna be in for something really interesting right they're gonna just like load this up and be like what the fuck is this game like who is playing yeah that's huh yeah even even like the, the difficulty when you're leveling a character like in vanilla if you played a warrior you pulled two mobs by mistake yep. you die yep like the current game is literally you you pull like I, I need to kill 20 of these i just pull them all at the same time like <laughs> aoe oh man so that sounds like I'm, fun like, that's someone who who played vanilla and died a lot because i accidentally pulled two instead of one that actually does sound kind of cool but yeah but yeah. it you lose like the the, the like the, the gear treadmill yeah. and like gaining power is gone because the way you play the game at level 10 is like the same as you play the game at level 95. Right. Like while leveling. So that's kind of how, I, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's how I kind of came away from Destiny this time around is feeling like, you know, like, like leveling a second character in Destiny really exposes it because you're like, I'm in this public area surrounded by all these people at the level cap and I'm doing just as much as they are in these heroic quests. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not a thing. So yeah, seeing, seeing the way they kind of flatten it out across characters and stuff is it kind of exposes the lie of it a little bit, I guess. Yeah, like it, like vanilla was a very flawed game, but yeah, there's a reason why it became so popular as it did. So yeah, I mean, I, I played two cycles of like I I played characters when it was in beta and went through like two full wipes in the beta prior to launch, and then played hundreds of hours of vanilla, and then you know just eventually fell away from it because I'm like ah you know I got other games I got to play I can't I can't just sit here and get hooked on this the way some other people in the yeah. office did it was it was definitely. The first MMO that like that the entire office I feel like got hooked on. Like a lot of us played a lot of Anarchy Online. Um, Ooh, eh, you know, yeah. <laughs> we, different times. It's what we had, um, <laughs> and and then but but it was WoW that, that actually got everybody playing the same game for the first time since like Quake. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I I think it would be really interesting to see like one of you guys boot up current WoW just to see how different it is because yeah. it is basically Destiny. In the way it's like structured, right? So yeah, that's weird. I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe when they get this classic thing out, I'll give it another look, and we can try the before and after and kind of check it all out. I don't know. It's cool. also like full of cutscenes in game. Oh, so. right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. yeah that's cool. Uh, all right. That's my question. If you want to say, it. well, thank you very much for your call. Yep. Take care. Bye. Ben with the catchphrase. People thought I wouldn't remember, but no, I do. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's it's always on. It's, the thing with the catchphrase is uh-huh. you got to be ready for it twenty four seven because like if you miss one opportunity, mm-hmm. people are going to call that out, and then you're going to seem like you're trying to catch up on it, right? It, or you know, once you've gotten it like super well established, then you can kind of like tease people with it so they say it mm-hmm. to you, and then they feel like they're part of the zeitgeist, and it works well because people are going to be saying my catchphrase to me a lot. Hmm always walking away from you um flip flop man 37 which is a great name uh says the next big first party nintendo in the works that i can think of is nintendo i'm sorry it's pokemon nintendo land 2 
um, if it does count as first party, right? Do you think we could see a Breath of the Wild type of departure for Pokemon on the Switch? Huh. I hadn't even considered that. Do you think oh. that they take a hugely different approach to Pokemon if they do make it for the Switch? Or do well, you think they just make it... Is it enough to just make that same game, but it looks a lot better? I think I think they make it the same for the most part. I, I, like, what are the most me- mechanically... Like, they added Pokemon breeding. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just trying to think of the changes that they've made. Like, but if you look at red gold versus whatever the most recent one was, like, it's not that different. The bicycle is a huge change. You go so much faster with really? the bike. No, yeah, it's, I, I, I played gold, or I, I played blue, gold, and black and white, uh, and so I haven't been keeping up on, on like, modern. But I, I the, the fact that so many people have been asking for a console Pokemon for so long yeah. makes me think that this is going to straight up be a console Pokemon, probably some twists here and there, but... Yeah. I wonder if it even is, is a new game or if it is a reissue of whatever the most recent one was. I think it's a new game. Yeah. Because um, I think they are already doing a reissue. Oh, okay. Right. Because they're doing that reissue. That's on 3DS though, isn't it? Yes. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, does anything store in the dock for the Switch? Any information? Nope. Okay. Nothing. Uh, that would have been a nice thing if they had put like a hard drive in the dock. So you almost like download the games to the dock and then sync them to the Switch when you dock it. And so you, you can you have like, like 30 games there and then pull them off. Or, like yeah. going to battle your friend's Pokemon and you just like put your thing in the dock and suddenly your Pokemon can fight theirs or yeah. or like you put the Joy-Cons on like one oh, Joy-Con. Yeah. Like the, you both hold the Switch at the same time yeah. and then yeah. <laughs> yeah, there'd be some some goofy stuff they could do around that. I don't know. They would probably just do the local wireless um, gameplay for that stuff, I guess. And then at that point, one person could be in the dock and the other person could be out of the dock, I guess. Well, you always need two people to dock. Yeah, if you yeah, proper docking requires two. Um, uh, I'm gonna say this because I've seen a couple of them. If you're gonna send me a question, make it like two sentences max because oh, I yeah. do not have not time like a, not to like read. Uh, yeah. Like, give me just a little context of what you're gonna talk about. Okay, that's yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah, we're, we gotta pull them pull them quickly and get keep it moving. That's the the theme of the show. Keep it moving. With um, Jeff and Ben. Yeah, keep moving with Jeff and Ben. With Ben and Jeff. I mean, to be honest. Um, I like to move it, move it. Yeah. Uh, Kev says, with the death of Miiverse looming, do you think the social interfaces of other internet consoles will be discontinued or have support dropped anytime soon? I'm trying to think, like, what are the social interfaces of other consoles at this point? Like, PlayStation Home got shut down. All your... uh avatars on xbox 360 are gonna die yeah well so the i mean the fucked up thing is they the last xbox one dashboard update actually brought those avatars back in like a big way um that is fucked up yeah like if you if you let the console idle for like 10 minutes it goes into like a screensaver mode where it starts showing your notifications and stuff so like i had um uh i had the xbox idling and then uh one eric pope logged into his xbox and I think I had him set as one of my favorites because he is one of my favorites. Oh. Uh, and it just popped his avatar full screen on oh. like half the screen. It said, Eric Pope has logged in. And I was like, that's that's more than I need. I don't, I don't need that full screen this way, but but thanks. I don't need my whole Xbox to tell me that Eric Pope is going to play some Forza. Yeah. 
but also like it, it's his avatar full screen, just like yeah. animating a little bit. And no one's touched their avatars for like fucking 10 years. So it's I wonder all, if still has the Left for Dead yeah. health pack. So he's wearing his uh his rock band Blitz t-shirt and his Blitz mitts. Uh and he's ready to go. I'm wearing my Optimus Prime head, I think. Uh I think it's crazy that they brought that stuff back. Uh the the Avatar stuff seemed like something that was time to move away from. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think they'll I mean they brought that stuff back, so I don't think they'll drop it anytime soon. But like, you know, the the support drop, I mean, you know, there's communities on PlayStation, there's the clubs on Xbox, like maybe they could uh discontinue that stuff someday, but I don't know that any of that stuff matters enough to where I'd feel it if they dropped it. Um yeah. the, the Meverse at least had like its dumb art stuff going on and it was more like goofy message boards. So I think that's the only thing, right? Like yeah. just the fact that it had yeah, the, the, just that you could draw. Yeah, that was it. You know, the, the without that, I don't. I don't think we would even notice that they were shutting it down. Do you ever use PictoChat outside of like, hey, let's test PictoChat to see if it works? No, I did once at a McDonald's. Uh, like, the, did the other person know you were doing it, or did you just open we PictoChat and hope for the best? I, I, I was, I was relatively new to own. I think they had just come out, mm-hmm. and I opened it up and connected in a room because I was like, oh, there's Wi-Fi at McDonald's. Yeah. And logged on, and sure enough, there was somebody else just drawing penises. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't, I, I tried looking around really briefly to see who it was, but I didn't want to like make it obvious that I was on that the you other were, end. That you were receiving those yes. loud and clear. I didn't want to make it clear that I was the one receiving the penises. Mm-hmm. That's something you wanted, you chose to keep to yourself at that time. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Yes, and they they are overhauling the avatars at some point as well. So like they're putting new work into the avatars on top of bringing them forward, which is crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of Nier, says Pytown Guy, I just started playing Nier on PS3 before playing Automata because that's the kind of person I am. Do you guys feel compelled to play earlier games in a series even if the newest one is a departure from its predecessor? Usually, usually not. No, I'll go back afterwards more often. Like if I'm going to play, like maybe there is a world now where I played the first in the year, mm-hmm. uh, knowing what I know about Automata and feeling the way I do about it. But I would never like, especially if I've heard it's not good. I will never. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I rarely feel the need to go back. That's something that, you know, like I'm, I'm usually around people who I can talk to about that sort of stuff when it comes up. But I think a lot of games are good at, like assuming you didn't play or remember the story of the previous game yeah. so like know. if somebody's like oh my god you have to like this doesn't happen a lot but like there sometimes you'll miss a lot of context if you don't play the first one and if the first one's good i'll be like oh god it seems insurmountable but i'll do it mm-hmm. like with wolfenstein oh, i didn't sure. even finish new order but yeah yeah i played enough of it to get like an idea of it before going into two right oh here's oh man so i forgot that today is november 7th it's yeah it's in seven day yeah uh so some guy 890 says an ea video released today for the 10 years of mass effect calls the franchise's future bright just pr talk yes oh i thought it's because they're launching it into the sun <laughs> yeah just <laughs> via Viacom- can't get brighter than this yeah, baby Viacom dios mass effect um <laughs> they will return to mass effect someday i think yeah but 
there's going to be another video game with Mass Effect in the title in it before I'm dead. Is that you announcing your plans to make a Mass Effect game in 30 years? And then jump off the Golden Gate Bridge right smart, after. Smart, <laughs> smart. Because where can you go from there? <laughs> you don't want to see the reception to it, given what it did to the no. last two teams that made those games. Um, I, that's, that's not... I mean, they crawled away from Mass Effect Andromeda. It was the right move to not do DLC for that game, but don't. That's if EA turns right around and makes another Mass Effect game on the heels of this one. If, I'll put it okay. If there's another Mass Effect game on this generation of consoles, whatever generation means, I will be fucking shocked. Yeah, this seems like something that they're like, oh, we got Anthem, uh, you know, and, and Dragon Age, you know, like we've got our stuff in the wings for that. So uh, we're going to focus on that and wait for you to pretend and forget that Mass Effect went through a down period <laughs> and then we'll be able to bring it back and everyone will be excited. Yay. Um, but I don't know, man, that that's. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I would not call the future of that bright. No. With with what EA is saying about like story driven single player games and all that, you know the the stuff with visceral, um, and and then you know kind of on the heels like like if you look at the bigger picture, looking at like Need for Speed and the quality of that, like I EA seems like they're in a weird spot. I've said that before, <laughs> and and playing Need for Speed makes me realize that oh it's it's I I maybe it's weirder than I thought it was. I don't know. Um, Oh sure, that's a good point. Uh, Takayamasama, <laughs> Takayamasama. Yeah, sure. That's not the you actual, got it. right. That's close enough. Uh, says the next Mass Effect game has to be a one to three HD remaster, right? Just to get back goodwill. Yeah, that that's a good point. Sure, maybe they do that at some point. In fact, they. I'm surprised they kind of didn't do any of that stuff already. Um, around the Andromeda release or something like that to kind of help build up the hype but yeah you want to uh take another call here yeah let's take one more sure all right we're gonna be hearing about video games oh all right hello caller go ahead they typed already hello hello what's your name and where are you calling from this is Mika. I am calling from Uppsala, Sweden, home of Machine Games and Starbreeze. Nice. What's what's it like there? Is it is it is it people collecting packs of cigarettes and brutally murdering each other all the time? It's a lot of acid and Nazi murder, mostly. Yeah, lately. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Not bad. Change with the times. Yeah. What's what's on your mind? Yes. So I'm. I have two questions. What the main question is. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, Need for Speed 3 Hot Pursuit, is the best game in the series. How did you feel about it when it was released? And why isn't Shogo Mobile Armor Division the best game released in 1998? Oh, man. that's Because uh, it is. Oh, all right. Thanks for your call. Those were my <laughs> yeah. questions. Yeah. Thank okay, you for okay, your call. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, gosh, Need for Speed Three. That is the also the, the that is the 1998 Need for Speed. Hot Pursuit was definitely like big then. You know, Need for Speed was still kind of coming into its own. Um, and and you know, like the modern Need for Speed probably started around like 
the release of Most Wanted, the yeah. first Most Wanted. So the question he posed to me in the chat was was a specific one about Need for Speed, uh, which was kind of about the the multiplayer dynamic and the cops versus racers yeah. uh, and how that has sort of been an underutilized mechanic in, in video games in general. Yeah. I think that re-release for Hot Pursuit that they put out, you know, recently, not Need for Speed 3 Hot Pursuit from 98, um, but the the more recent one, like, really capitalized on the cops uh, and, and racers thing really well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that that's something that, you know, that that is all a fun multiplayer thing to do. Um, that kind of chase stuff can be really cool in a big open world and, and, and that sort of stuff. And I think Need for Speed 3, what I remember of it, um, I remember, th- like, it being, like, big at the time. But also, uh, much like Shogo... Uh, 98 chewed up a lot of other space for a lot of other video games. Like Rogue Squadron, baby. Best game in 1998. Hands down. Star Wars Rogue Squadron. No. Woo! No. no. I'm just going to look and... How about StarCraft? I, you know, I, I would uh, accept StarCraft before I would accept Rogue Squadron. I mean, my honest answer is Ocarina of Time yeah i mean yeah uh yeah that's september 98 gosh um 1998 is one of those years like i i wrote a half hour of television about video games in 1998 uh for g4 uh years years ago and 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 we at the time and and it, it like 1998 only became like more mythic as the years went on in terms of just like man like any year that's good like this year just be like well, this is a really good year for games. And people are like, well, is it, I mean, is it better than 98 or what, what are we talking here? And you're like, well, maybe not 98 good, but I don't, still really good. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't, I was maybe too young at the time to appreciate, like, I, I didn't play any of these PC games, for example, right, like yeah. Half-Life and, and, yeah, yeah. and StarCraft at the time. But dude, this year, <laughs> this year is fucking great. I think the thing, the thing 98 also benefits from to a certain extent is, it was early enough in the transition to just like polygonal gaming. It was still relatively early on that this was like, it was like the first gen, the first wave of games that were really coming into their own. Yeah. Like, a, like, a, like a jump in video games as a whole. Right. It was like, okay, we, they have figured out this tech. They're taking advantage of it in new and exciting ways. They are pushing the medium forward. You look at this year. I don't know that that's the case, you know, like, uh, like it's, it's, you know, there's, I think there's like, new hardware coming out and it's good, but it's like, Hey, it's 4k. It's higher resolution versions of games you're already playing. But, but the things to me that stand out is like, uh, like near is pushing how to tell a narrative exactly. in video games yeah. further. And Mario is pushing how to do like a platformer totally further. And then like, even like stuff like cuphead mm-hmm. is pushing art and direction and like style. And it shows that you can have just a, a br- like, solid gameplay but then if you build this aesthetic around it it is remarkable and and that's the exciting thing about where we're at right now is that like these are enhancements coming from i mean the human mind yes in a lot of ways these are these are people becoming comfortable with the technology becoming comfortable with the medium and stretching it sure uh and we're seeing so many different types of games coming out these days and and you know just like the it used to be you know back in 98 you have the conversation like our games art i don't know and now you're like that's a that question is so old it's so stupid why are we even talking about it like we're done we're past that the answer's no the answer's no of course not john madden football <laughs> game of the year every year um 
and and so yeah like the medium has expanded in so many different ways since then that yeah like it's not just like hey we've got higher tech and now we can render these same experiences in a better way now it's like okay well what are these games trying to say what are these games trying to do uh you know can we can we do better at the storytelling stuff now that like the tech is at a point where you're you know it's it's understood and we're moving forward. So you're, we're back to this era of like smaller teams making games and yeah. stuff like that. And, and you know, over the last generation or so. And like the, the cool thing is the people making games now are the people who grew up in 98, right? Playing games. I mean, yeah. sure, sure, there's people who sure. were making yeah. games yes, back then too. Definitely. But then you also have the, this upcoming of new devs who were shaped by the greatest video games of all time. Right. And, yeah. And, and, and seeing what they're doing yeah. with that sort of stuff is exciting. So, Yeah. I think it's hard to compare that stuff because, you know, like we, the generations that shaped video games were largely, you know, it was, it was games sculpted out of their technical limitations. And now that we're getting a little bit outside of that stuff, obviously there are still plenty of technical limitations, but if you think about it, like a lot of these games, especially from smaller teams, aren't pushing current console hardware to the limit. No. But like, you know, yeah, could you fucking render Cuphead in, in a different way you know like it's more taxing to the hardware quote unquote like yeah sure of course but that's not what it's about no but it's still awesome and i and that's exciting to me is that that's become something that like more and more people have accepted um and and it's not just like here's this little niche thing that's a downloadable game and you think about it as a separate over here kind of game like no like cuphead's in the conversation with everything else uh, and with Wolfenstein, with everything else, and and I think that's that's cool. Totally, yeah. Um, I could maybe take like uh, one or two more questions out of the chat here sure. before we wrap it up. Yeah, uh, a couple of quick ones. Dumb Monkey, uh, is it sixty four? Man, I signed up for the company vision plan. Oh, getting, getting my eyes looked at it's one of these days here. Are you buying a super NT? Yeah, I am. I pre-ordered one. Oh yeah. That's the emulation. The, it's, it's not, it's not emulation. It's, it's not emulation. Yeah. It runs video games. It, yes. It well, it plays super Nintendo games. Yes. Uh, on an FPGA, which is better than emulate, better than software emulation. Totally, I yeah. guess it's technically hardware emulation, whatever. Um, what color did you go with? I got the Super Famicom colors. Okay, nice. Um, I don't. I'm not normally like the oh man, Super Famicom is the best like guy, but something about that one, just like oh, if I'm gonna get one, I'm gonna get that one. And then I saw more footage of the black one and went like, hmm. I probably would have gotten the Famicom one too, just because I've never had a Super Fam. I've that, had yeah. a Super Nintendo. Yeah, like, that was the other thing. It was like I, I've never had anything in these colors to begin with. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, and last question here the hot button topic of the year in a lot of ways. Wolfman 3483 says recent games like call of duty, world war two and need for speed. Both have real world currency loot box microtransactions, but aren't using it. Do you think that's because of the recent backlash or is it more insidious like wanting to turn them on after early coverage? As a reviewer, like I tend to view everything through the lens of they're doing it to get the, the review scores. Um, and uh that's it's usually that's not quite the case but also yeah i i think part of it is is yeah they they it doesn't it doesn't mar their launch conversations the game comes out and people talk about it on those merits without the specter of the loot box stuff the more of us are figuring out that that's exactly what they do 
Uh, I think that's certainly part of it. Um, in the case of like Call of Duty, like imagine how like much worse it would be if they were selling all the, all these loot boxes or let you pre-order a version of the game that came with a bunch of them and then all the headquarters stuff was broken and the launch was bad. So on some level, I bet some of this is, hey, let's make sure we launch and get the game stable and then we'll roll that in. Um, I think, but I, but I, who could say, um, I bet for different games, it's different reasons too, but sure. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's tempting to always go full conspiracy and say, ah, why was I the last person on the planet to get a review code for need for speed? Or, you know, shit like that. It's cause it's bad. See, that's where the mind goes, but they were, you were right this time. And I think I might've been right this time. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but I always think that yeah. every, every year there's one or two games that I go like, Oh, uh, and, and get all fucking weird about, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, I think that's going to do it for the blast zone. Yo. Yeah. Um, so thanks everybody for watching. If you're watching us live, uh, we're going to be back in about an hour, uh, with our Meverse farewell stream. So, uh, we're going to hook up, uh, Oh, this is. A shot of the camera pointing out my window that just showed up on my watch here. What trees blowing around? Set off the motion know. sensor. Um, I not, even, like this camera. I was like, how no, are you getting no, that? No, I, yeah, I got, I got feeds all over the place, man. I know people that put cameras places. I wish I could zoom. Yeah, from here, mm-hmm. but I can't. I have to like twist it. Uh, yeah, like slide forward. So yeah, that that's it for the blast zone. We're gonna um, take off. And thanks, everybody, for all your questions. We'll be back next week with the Bombcast and all that other stuff. And uh, take care. Hey, Jeff. Hey. Bye. Bye. Can I say it? Or is it just yours? Oh. Shit. Sorry.